Welcome to our online messages. Here at WCC, we are in a season of health, and today we have a special speaker, Mike Silva, who is the president of Mike Silva International. He will be sharing with us about how God's Word impacts and directs our vocational health. We're going to continue today in our season of health, and part of that health is that uh, I would even take a break. So we have a special guest with us today. I need to be in your place where I just need to sit, sit and soak this in, even for a second time today. So we have the privilege of having Mike Silva with us today. Mike is uh, the president of Mike Silva International. That has been one of our global ministry partners for the past 20 years. So he's going to share the word of God with us today. I want to have you watch in just a moment a one-minute video of their recent trip to the Dominican Republic. Back in November, we had shared that uh, he and his team were going to the Dominican Republic. We were praying for them. I just want you to get a little glimpse of what happened back in November. Let's watch it. Thank <laughs> you. 
there's a mess. It's in the midst of a mess that my best evangelism and discipleship opportunities have been discovered. Maybe church is for this reason that the Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2, Paul is the one who said to Timothy, Timothy, preach the word. Remember some of your translations say, preach the word. Be, be ready in season and out of season. The Amplified translation says, preach the word, Tim. Keep your sense of urgency in all situations. Because I found in my life it's easy for my competence as my competence grows, my passion has the tendency to subside. And I think the Apostle Paul put his finger on it when he tells Timothy, the pastor, Timothy, preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency up in all situations. Because we will have situations, the Amplified says, which are favorable and unfavorable, convenient and inconvenient. And life, church, offers us that the case. By the way, Pastor Delton, thank you for being here for your ministry with kids. It was a youth pastor. A youth pastor literally saved my life. And so I want to bless you for your work. I honor you and bless you. Thanks for working with the kids. I love teenagers, man. They're rough around the edges. They make so many mistakes. But if you can get them in going in the right direction, they're powerful. Another way to say that is, I'm the way that I am. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm 
wrestler. One biblical scholar says it actually could mean embracer because Habakkuk grappled intensely with God about questions still relevant today. I'm convinced that all, all disciples of Jesus have questions today, do have questions, will have questions. It is for this reason Habakkuk is a highly contemporary message because it addresses modern day problems and modern day questions that we all have at home, in our personal life, and in our work life. You see, the context of this book just fascinates me. I mean, when you, when you rise above the pages that you're reading and you look at the, the larger context of this book, it fascinates me. Because here's Josiah. You know him. Josiah was a good king. Josiah loved God. And Josiah, the good guy, gets killed in battle. When he gets killed, Jehoiakim, the bad guy, sits on the throne. And so the Habakkuk's of the world ask God questions. And the man said to me uh, about Willamette celebration, he said, you know, I've always felt 
And it caused me to think about Louis Paul, who said to me, who has said to me before, Mike, every 10 years, cities need to be evangelized again, re-evangelized again, re-evangelized again. Because in that situation, his son wasn't even born when we did Lebanon Celebration. That's why we must not only evangelize our cities, but re-evangelize our cities. So I just want you to know, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready if you want. You see, people are asking, hey God, can you handle my mess? Can you handle my mess? You know, in the last service, the, the, the men that come from uh, uh, Teen Challenge, adult, the Adult Teen Challenge, you know, th those guys were asking me the question, hey, can God handle my mess? And in the last service, I was able to say to them, son, not only can God handle your mess, he specializes in it. <laughs> and one of the guys smiled after the service, and he says to me, when I came to the right spot, because God specializes in my mess. You see, I believe that my mess, it is my message. It is my message. You know, people are asking, why does evil seemingly go unpunished? You ever met anybody that asked you that question? People want to know, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Why does God answer me when I pray? Have you noticed that people that never pray, they never pray, they never, ever, ever pray, and they get in trouble and they pray, God, help me. You ever notice that? Even in our own country, don't pray in school, don't pray on the football field, don't grab a knee on the football field, don't do anything, don't cross yourself, don't do anything. You cannot do this. And a plane goes down, and from the top down, we're praying for our nation today. Really, I thought it was a leader to pray. When it's convenient, when it's convenient, we pray. I think that's why people ask those kinds of questions, and I think God's response, church, is just simply this. When people ask questions, why don't you answer me? Why don't you answer me now? Why is, why is there so much evil in the world? What is going to happen to me in my life? And I think God is saying to us, he's not done yet. He's not done yet. When the cookies are still in the oven, they're still being baked. See, the Babylonians, by the way, God begins in Habakkuk, Chapter 1, right in the very first chapter, starting in verse 5, going through verse 11, God begins answering Habakkuk's hard questions. Here's what was happening. The Babylonians, God said, the Babylonians were going to be used to humble and devastate the nation of Israel. Habakkuk says, I don't like that. Why are you going to do that? And how come you're going to do this? And how come? And God says, trust me. Salud, Therefore, Habakkuk predicts investment stocks will crash, bank accounts will close, houses will burn. However, here's what we learn. God can redeem anyone. Church, God can redeem anyone in any situation. Amen. And I was reminded of that last service. God can redeem anyone in any situation. I think that's the smallest thing I've ever said. I mean, that is a good thing. It's good news for us. See, people we know, people that we work with, they need to know that God is in the midst of our mess. Do you, do you understand that? God is in the midst of our mess. 
He doesn't run away from our mess. He's not fearful of our mess. Habakkuk teaches us, watch this, when all is gone, God is not. So in the midst of our mess, we've got to remember that. So what are we supposed to do? I think three transformational keys that we're going to see in this little passage here. Three transformational keys. Here's number one. Note-takers. It's in your bulletin, your program. Number one. If you're a note-taker, you're, you're going to want to get this because if you don't fill in your three blanks, you're not going to be happy today. Three transformational keys. Here's number one. Understand. There's your word. Understand. Understand. Church, understand that our circumstances can cause us to question God's presence and goodness in our lives. Here's what I'm learning. Emotional questions are commonly birthed out of pain. I know mine are. So many of those hard questions people fire at God, they come out of emotional pain. However, believe in the great I am. Because the great I am is at work without, watch me now, second smartest thing I've ever said. The great I am is at work, watch me now, without your consent. He's at work without your consent. I want to remind us, men and women, that his name is the I am that I am. His name is not I was. His name is not what possibly I could be. His name is I am that I am. I don't care about yesterday. I don't care about what may not happen tomorrow. But I do know this. The Almighty God's name is I am. I am with you in the midst of your mess. I am with you in the midst of your pain. I am with you when your friends at work are firing hard questions at you that we don't know how to answer. He says, I still am. I am. Orchestrating his plan. Accomplishing his purposes. Off camera, behind stage, he is. I think like Habakkuk, if we would just trust God until we can see from a higher perspective. A godly perspective. His perspective. And remember, my friends, God will not be hustled or rushed. God will never be hustled or rushed. So we need to wait, watch, and wait. That's what spiritual maturity looks like, I'm learning. Is when we go through difficult things and instead of yelling and screaming, we watch and wait until we can see things from his perspective. So here's our to-do list. Number one, understand. Understand that God is at work without your consent. Here's your second blank. Number two, in the outline, realize. There's your word. Realize, realize that God's plan is not only different from yours, but brothers and sisters, it is greater, wiser, and better than yours. And God's timing, please know, God's timing will be executed with absolute precision. So number one, understand God is at work without your consent. Number two, realize that God's timing will be executed with absolute precision. And number three, Trust the infinite, because of who he is, he is the infinite, limitless creator. We are, I am, the limited, finite creator. He is the limitless creator. It would seem like we could trust him. You see, when we cannot escape our circumstances, this is what I'm discovering, finally discovering. I'm a little slow, but I'm, I'm really starting to get there. 
when we cannot explain or, or escape our circumstances, trusting Him, watch me, church, always works. It always works. So do you have anything that you need to trust Him for today? Yeah, but I can't see around the corner. Trust me, it always works. But I can't see through the fog. Trust me, it will lift. It will lift. You see, our choices remain the same. We can continue as we tend to be, as I tend to be, questioning, doubtful, why are you doing this, why are you doing that, why don't you mention me, where are you, how come you don't get me out of this, I don't like this pain, I don't like this circumstance. I can continue in my darkness, I can continue to doubt him, I can live defeated, I can live de depressed, or I could live as Paul challenges us and commands us to live. When Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, I will live by faith and not by sight. And that's not a choice. It's given to us as, I will, I will make that volitional decision to live by faith. It hit me the other day, you know, if the physically blind could live this way, by faith, not by sight. If the physically blind could live that way, I can too. I can too. You see, God makes a promise that life would be fair, easy, or understandable. He does, on the other hand, He does promise that He is loving, forgiving, and merciful. Somebody grunt. I mean, just, mm, it's good. Mm. He, he is loving, forgiving, and merciful. And the more we know Him, I'm learning, the more we know Him, the more we understand Him. Men and women, this is how life works. This is how life works. When Habakkuk finally moves past, because he does, we get to the end of chapter 3, when Habakkuk finally moves past his self-focused, when will God do what I want, prayer, it was in that moment his life shifted because his attitude rocked his nation and our lives today in this Remember, it was in this passage, now listen, for somebody whose livelihood came from agriculture and livestock, this was the most devastating bad news that could possibly happen. But then God stepped in and did something else. What he was going to do all the time, but it took Habakkuk years to be able to get to this place. When he says, even though the fig trees do not blossom, by the way, just a little agricultural secret, no blossom, no fruit. That's the significance. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, and the fields yield no food, for somebody in agriculture, is it, is it sounding pretty good or not? Devastating. And the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the skulls, not a good thing for Darian. Verse 18, here's the hinge in the whole passage, in the whole book, yet. In a circumstance like that, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord, He is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of the deer. He makes me tread on the high places. You see, my friends, easy climbing, God never promises. The answer, when you think of easy climbing, no. Ability to climb, yes. You ever seen those pictures of those mountain goats that I mean they are they are able to scale walls to go after food and to have safety in their life? It is unbelievable the kind of feet 
you know, nothing could be further from the truth. I don't think God is intimidated by my questions and doubts. In fact, my Bible tells me, as yours does, in Jeremiah chapter 32, Behold, I am the Lord. That's who I am. I am the Lord. I am the God of all flesh. Is there anything, question, is there anything too difficult, too hard for me? God says, fear not. I am with you. At home, in the hospital, at the workplace, I am with you. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. God says to the church today that the eyes of the Lord run back and forth throughout the entire whole earth to show himself strong in Albany on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. Here's what I want to say to us today, church. People in our cities, people in our workplaces, people in our churches are asking God hard, difficult questions, and it's okay. He's not done yet. This is proof to me that the Holy Spirit is at work in people's lives when they ask questions. In the background, under the surface, off camera, God is in the midst. He's in the midst of our mess. He's in the midst of our mess. I want to show you a video of a girl whose life was a mess. And then it changed. And when you hear her story, don't know this. It's his fault.
de aquí en adelante, porque eso es lo que más anhela hacer. Aumentar la
you might want to, as you think about this church and, or a community group, and you might think, you know, I thought about maybe making Willamette community my church home. I don't know. Man, I just need to look around and, you know, I need to see kind of what, can I just tell you something? 20 years of relationship with this fellowship, can I just, can I just help you make it real simple? Just make the decision to join the church because I, I know what else is out there. And so I just would say to you, this might be if you could think, should I, should I, should I, should I? Just say today, you know what? New Year, same Jesus, I'm going to say yes. And then just check the card. I, if it's not Pastor Scott, it's going to be somebody on the team that's going to contact you and show you what you need to do. So whatever decision you feel like, I want to make that step today. And I would ask you to do that even now. Could I pray for us, please? Heavenly Father, you are so good and you're good all the time when we see it and when we don't. Lord, I pray that if there is somebody here that, that knows about you but they don't know you personally, that I pray that they would say yes to you today. Yes to you today. If there's anyone here like that, man or woman, young or old, would you just raise your hand? I'm not going to call your name out. I don't know it, but I would like to pray for you. Somebody that would say, I want a personal relationship with Jesus. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anyone else? Anyone else? There's a man here. I don't want to miss you. Wave your hand so I, so I don't miss you. I want to miss you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So good. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? I just want to know. I, I just want, I want to settle this thing, and I just want to know. Number one, check that card. Number two, I'm going to wait for you, but Pastor Chris dismisses us. I'm going to be right here, and I just want to meet with you all just for a minute. I just want to show you a verse of scripture. I just want to show you how this was the greatest decision that I've ever made in my life. And I mean, when I made that decision, it's like the door got a new hinge on which to swing. I want to show you. And then I just really feel like in my heart, Pastor Dillon, I just want to talk to the teenagers today. I'm telling you, you could make a decision in your teenage years that will devastate the rest of your life. I beg you not to do that. I want to pray for the teenagers that you'll be able to say, you know what, today, I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus. I mean, this is the day I have decided I will follow Jesus. That I'm going to do something in this service that we didn't do last service. We didn't have the teenagers here last service. I'm going to ask you all to stand. Would you please, would you please stand? The teenagers, because of the video of Jennifer's story, and you heard those other teenagers saying, look, i got to share Jesus with my friends. i got to grow my faith. i got to get in a small group with other teenagers and other students. And if that's your prayer and that's your desire, then I'm going to just ask you to come and just meet me here at the front right now while I pray. Father, I pray that you would cause us to be a church that we trust you even when we can't see in the fog. We can't see around the corner. Help us to trust you until we see from your perspective. That's okay. Thank you for Habakkuk. Hard questions to a great God who gave the answer when the time was right. So I bless you for that in Jesus. Thank you for taking some time to look into God's word with us today. 
Join us again next week as we continue in our season of health.